0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fensky, editor in chief of MPO, and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Maninthar Beatty, Optimize EP's founder and chief medical officer, and Ravi Kartan, the company's president and CEO. Thanks to both of you for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Sean, nice. for having us on nice the podcast. To... Nice to be here, Sean.
0: So let's let's start with uh you know why don't why don't you start by just giving us a a brief introduction uh to the ep process um how that data is associated how the data is associated with an ep captured reviewed and analyzed currently
1: sean that is a good question to start off with and thank you for having us on the podcast um, so the word EP basically means electrophysiology. Um, if I break it down, electrophys- uh, I'm a cardiac electrophysiologist, which means I'm the electrician of the heart. So if you have an, uh, if you have a heart disorder, an electrical problem of the heart, that's when we get involved. And uh, in part of the EP, we do procedures called ablations. We put in. Uh, Cardiac implantable electronic devices like pacemakers, defibrillators, biventricular pacem-defibrillators, and also monitoring devices like loop recorders. As what has been uh, over the last twenty years, pacemakers, defibrillators, and other implantable devices have become very popular. Just to sum it up, in fact, um, uh, there are all close to a million. Cardiac implantable electronic devices implanted in the in the world right now, and 200,000 of them happen them happen in the United States every year. So if you if you've been doing devices for the last 15 to 20 years, uh, you're looking at around 2.5 to 4 million uh, implantable devices, cardiac implantable devices in the United States. When we put in pacemakers uh, or defibrillators and, uh, in a biventricular patient defibrillators or even implantable loop recorders, uh, these are for um, uh, therapeutic reasons. And also if we do a, a, the loop recorder, which is a, a loop recorder for monitoring reasons, what happens is when these devices last between six to eight years, the battery life is six to eight years, sometimes now they're reaching almost 10 to 12 years. These patients have to be followed in the office. Um, and the, the devices have to be checked uh, for arrhythmias and for uh, any other uh, you know, lead issues or if they have congestive heart failure. These devices have right. become very sophisticated. I mean, they, these pacemakers and defibrillators, they record every heartbeat over the next 10 years, even they have uh, something called heart failure uh, recordings where they they record how many steps you take a day, um, how much sleep you have, what activity you do, um, uh, what percentage of time you're awake, uh, what percentage of time you're you're, uh, ambulatory, if if you're developing congestive heart failure. So these devices uh, uh, record a vast amount of data Till 2015 or around 2000, till 2013, 2014, these devices, the patients had to come to the hospital every hospital or the doctor's office every three months to get the device, uh, the, the information downloaded via Bluetooth or via, via device programmer. Um, Since 2015-2016, the devices became very sophisticated with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and increased access to Internet. All these devices have uh, remote access features. The companies which make these devices, uh, predominantly predominantly four of them in the United States is uh, Mm Medtronic, Uh, boston scientific uh, abbott slash saint Jude and uh, Biotronic so these companies right. make all all the devices and uh, when we were checking these devices every ninety days, you know the, 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 the company reps would come to the office and they would download the, download the information usually on eight to ten pages, and the physician would look at all the information and then uh, uh, you know scan them into our electronic medical records and uh, then also then after we check the device, send it to billing. Over the last few years, uh, with the remote monitoring and remote capabilities, the patients go home with the remote monitor, okay. and the monitor is very capable of checking the patient's device every night. Or how we can set it to pro- we, we set the device to check the patient. We set the remote program. We we'll check the patient's device at a pre time every 24 hours, and then it. And if there is an issue, it, it informs us immediately. Uh, what is uh, so the device? All the devices, current devices, do that. Uh, what has happened now? If you if you think about it, uh, we've put, implanted so many devices, and uh, we 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 have a, a high amount of data that comes out of from these devices. So every 90 days, we get around 10 to 15 pages, and if there's an alert, say the patient had you know atrial fibrillation which is a common arrhythmia on the pacemaker uh, the device checks it at three in the morning and then when my office goes in the morning and logs into the system it, uh, pull, it pulls out the patient's arrhythmia and then we call the patient and we take care we take care of the problem since there are four companies which are doing this and none of these companies uh, uh, are or uh, connected to electronic medical records, the process became very cumbersome that we, uh, we had to log into every company's software, check the alerts, uh, pull out the reports, print them out, read them, and then scan them. So if if uh, a busy electrophysiologist has, uh, has implanted over a thousand devices over the last 10 years of his practice, and you have to check the device every... 90 days for pacemakers and defibrillators and we also check them every 30 days for, uh, you know, Medicare requirements for a heart failure, you're looking at all thousands of pages of data which we have to go through, scan and scan. So, what we, what uh-huh. we uh, so, and, you know, if, if we print out, like, if my, if my nurse checks 50 alerts in a day, that's 500 pages that we had to manually go through and then once we read it, we tell the patient what to do, we scan them in so what optimize ep did is uh, uh what we did is um uh we tried to uh, consolidate all these companies and build one uh website basically we wanted to improve our cardiac data management to basically deliver optimal patient care uh, so the currently uh in the country uh if you look most electrophysiologists when uh, uh, papers came out a couple of years ago, uh, they only around 20% of electrophysiologists are doing remote monitoring effectively. Uh, wow. Maybe another 50 to 60% of them are doing remote monitoring, but not to an effective, uh, uh, not very effectively. So the data doesn't get uh, scanned in. Uh, one of the papers also came out which said that even if you're checking the devices most physicians are doing and they're checking the data they are not scanning them in appropriate electronic medical records just because of the cumbersome process and also in right. time of that Medicare does pay you for these procedures for medi pays you for device billing and only twenty to twenty five percent of uh, devices uh, when we do the device data management is being appropriately billed to Medicare. Wow
0: so what, So, what is the solution? I mean, Optimize EP is, is working. Are you working with the, these four OEMs, medical device OEMs, who provide this, or are you just, have you just uh, customized your software to read the different outputs from each of those uh, uh, solutions or from each of those products?
2: So, um, as Dr. Beatty told you, he has a very cumbersome process, which he had to go through up until two years ago. So, he presented an idea to myself and a few of our team members and said, guys, I need to make my life a lot easier. I want to basically look at one application and look at all of the patients that I have across all of my device companies, even if they have wearable devices. I want to be able to look at it. I want to be able to approve it and I want to be able to drop that charge directly into our billing system. So basically taking right. the work of three or four people and thousands of pages of, of, of papers uh, being printed on a daily basis and eliminate it to a single platform. So what we did is we had a team that created interfaces with all four of the pacemaker companies along with iRhythm. Once we built those interfaces, we got them approved by those vendors. And so on a regular basis now, Our software talks and communicates to Boston Scientific, Medtronic, Avid Labs, and Biotronics. It pulls the information down into our software, separates it by alerts or by manufacturers or by device type, any way your organization would like to see the patient information. And it pulls it on the predetermined schedules. So it's a 30-day schedule. It pulls it in 30 days, 90 days, et cetera. And for some reason, if the patient doesn't send a reading, our – application also sends a notification to that patient to say we haven't picked up your um, reading this month or this 90 days please go ahead and ensure that your device is connected so once that information comes in and the doctors and the nurses can then review it it drops right into our pm system so in the in the billing area you have you have two primary pieces of software one is the ehr which captures all of the patient information Um, that ehr interfaces directly with c-arm which is a product name that Optimize EP created, Mm CARM then goes ahead, consolidates the information when it comes from the device manufacturers. It sends information back to the device manufacturers on the ones that do accept it to say, yes, we got this information, we address this alert. And then once that account has been looked at and approved, it then goes ahead and drops the charges directly into the PM system. There you have the option of actually creating the claim and having it sent out automatically, or you can put it into a holding queue where the billing supervisor can then just go ahead and give it a once-over, say, yep, everything looks good, and then drops the claims into the system.
0: Wow, so um, I apologize if I missed this part of it, but is this uh, all performed entirely remote or is the patient still come to the office every three months?
2: Entirely remote. The patient does not have wow. to come back to the office at all. They only come on their regular scheduled visits if something comes up. Even if there's a manufacturer recall now, we get alerts so we can contact the patients and have them come back in. So it's even tied into the FDA as well. If the device companies have something that needs to be addressed or uploaded to their patients, and the patients come in to see uh, the doctor in our offices, and if they use a kiosk that the device manufacturer has, like, for instance, CareLink, which is made by Medtronic, if they come into the office, the rep may go ahead and scan their device. That information immediately drops back into c-arm as well so all of their visits are captured outside of the office
0: wow and what's the technology that's that's uh running the software or driving the software you know what's required uh within the patient's home to use the the c-arm software
2: um, actually it's it's nothing is required from us so if you go for instance and you're with uh, uh, Let's say biotronic home monitoring the patient, when he goes to sleep at night, they have a device called the Cardio messenger. Cardio messenger automatically transmits the information from the device to biotronic's secure server. Once it gets to their secure server, then the information is sent to their service owner. Their service center is the web portal where we pull our information from, which in the past uh, Dr. Beatty would have to access their biotronic service center. He no longer has to do that The patient goes to cardio messenger cardio messenger goes to the secure server secure server sends it to the um i guess the service center and then from the service center that's where we have interfaces that pull on a real time basis and pull the information into CRM I okay I understand I understand so really the beautiful the CRM, thing now I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> I apologize That's all right ahead. I
0: was just going to I was just going to say the CRM software is really a a, a time saver a a a uh, fantastic solution for the physician for the for the doctor themselves and their office um, you know I, I think dr. Beatty said you know up to four people um, you know are are doing different tasks associated with it or you may have said that um, this is simplifying it obviously uh, uh, significantly
1: Yeah, so uh, well like I said before when we used to do these checks and we would do our, you know, the, the, I would take home almost 150 to 200 checks a week. So almost like a right. thousand pieces of thousand pieces of paper. I would review everything, sign off, and then tell my nurse, and then might, uh, you know, have the call the patients and tell them what to do. So when, these, uh, when remote monitoring came out in 2015, there were a couple of, uh, couple of published papers which said that the one thing which you notice with home remote monitoring rather than the patient coming to the office is that you know the data is captured immediately, right? So there's all, so it's the paper said there's almost 90% of the medical data is captured instantaneously within 24 to 48 hours of the event happening. And by mm-hmm. doing that, we act upon the data. We call the patient and we let them know and we tell them what to do. By doing that, we are actually increasing their lifespan. So the data is so. What with remote monitoring and C-arm, we are improving patients, uh, uh, improving analytics, but we are also improving. Uh, uh, we are speeding up the time from when we act on an event. Um, just case of fact that I had a patient last week, uh, you know, his defibrillator fired, it shocked him, saved his life, we, uh, we, we found, we, uh, we, we, you know, when we checked into the remote monitoring in the morning, uh, we noticed that we had a, we had a red alert, with the alerts are classified according to different colors, and we mm-hmm. called the, said, you know, the defibrillator shocked you, and he had no clue, he was asleep. Right. Wow. So uh, and he had no. So we told him no. You're different. you. Brought him in for an office visit. Um, he was complaining of some chest pain. So we sent him to our, We sent him to a cardiologist to get a heart catheter. He got a stent, and then his life was saved. Now had wow. we had what monitoring or CRM not picked it up, he would have come for his regular three month visit, right? Uh, and then we would have picked it up. We would, and By then the damage to his heart may have already been done. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other case of fact is, you know, like we do home monitoring with loop recorders, an implantable device. If the patient's passed out, we, uh, we check the device and we used to bring them in every 90 days. But now if, if the patient's heart stops for six or seven seconds, we pick it up instantaneously, we call the patient the next day and he gets a pacemaker. So we've we kind of sped up the process and actually improved patient outcomes. Because of that, we've also improved uh, patient mortality.
0: And you've also – and just to add to that, uh, if I may, you, you've done so without impacting the patient at all. The patient's doing their same routine as they would have previously, and you're also not asking anything more of the device manufacturer. So you're not, in, you know, you're not doing anything that, that disrupts their routine or their uh, uh, you know, systems. Uh, you're really just kind of enhancing the process. Significantly for the physician if i if I have everything correct,
1: yeah that's Sean, you put it in you put it better than I would have that description <laughs> actually accurate it's really accurate
2: yeah, well, that's it's, great it's, it's, yeah, I mean, we definitely improve the patient clinic for his clinical status, and it does reduce mortality, as Dr. baby said, right. And so our service
1: me burden me. in our office, our service burden has has come down almost, I don't know, on forty percent to fifty percent. My time wow. to analyze before it used to take me every week. I used to spend around four to five hours going through all this data. Now I can do it in within thirty minutes to one hour.
2: Right.
0: And not only that, but you're getting these alerts. i mean it sounds like the the system you can you know depending on what happens to with a patient like you like you said overnight they were sleeping you know you you get different degrees of alerts and different uh it sounds like you get different notifications and um is there anything in the system uh you know uh i I know you had mentioned or or uh, I had looked up that it runs uh you know it's algorithms that are running the the different Applications of it. Um, are, are there any uh, capabilities with regard to diagnosis, or is it purely a, a patient monitoring solution?
2: It's solely a patient monitoring solution. The device okay. companies are hooked up to these patients, so if there is something that involves a diagnosis or detection of a problem, both of us are getting alerted at the same time. But our algorithms are very sophisticated, and they're identifying the patients on their cycles, ensuring we're checking their monitoring on a schedule that they're supposed to be checked. And again, when you have a lot of patients and it's a 90-day or a 30-day cycle, if the patient comes into the office, sometimes that cycle resets. This eliminates all of the needs along those lines. The scheduling component that we build and the compliance rules that we have put into place ensure that the billing is done right, the patient monitoring is done correctly, and again, we're able to proactively Ensure that our patients are running seamlessly, and their, I mean, their devices are running seamlessly. And we're just reducing the amount of office visits required as well with this COVID time and people not wanting to travel. The last thing we want to do is have their devices not be checked regularly, but we are able to check it from the office without them coming in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you and it sounds like you know you you've got the alerts set up. It's got you know so the doctor has more time to, to uh, diagnose any, any issues or any concerns or the, you know, the medical device manufacturer can see if there's a potential issue. You know, you mentioned a recall earlier. If there's some concern there, you know, they can alert patients. So it, it sounds like as a communication platform, it's, it's certainly enhancing the, you know, all around. It's certainly uh, uh, enhancing the overall experience of, of requiring the device.
1: That's correct, Sean. And if I may also add uh, two other things, like even if the patient comes to the hospital, right, or the emergency room, uh, we have kiosks like the company kiosks in each of these emergency rooms. And uh, the data can be transmitted automatically when the patient shows up to the emergency room. Before, if the patient went to uh, the emergency room, the, the company rep would have to drive from wherever he is to go check the device and then give the doctor a call and the doctor would you know, go in and check uh, to the emergency room and tell the patient what needs to be done or the emergency room doctor. Now with our software, we're integrated with all of these. The patient goes to the emergency room. Uh, they put a wand on the patient's chest. It transmits the data. Uh, through right. their company portal to our website, uh, and the moment the ER doc calls me, I already have the patient's device information. I can tell them what to do. So before the process would take two to three hours, by the time you know the rep drives down, checks it, they call the doctor. Now we can do it in seconds. So that also saves a lot of time in emergency room care. Um, the right. other thing uh, we've optimized with our devices are uh, right now they're. You know, um, there's uh, the, there's a lot of remote programming. There's a lot of interest in remote programming. we actually partnering with the co- with the company Medtronic, that I can do a pacemaker in in my uh, in my operating room without a rep being there. They can remotely log in, and the data goes straight into our C-arm. And we can so with COVID, if somebody can't make it, you know, g- given uh, the issue they cannot come to the hospital, we can do a pacemaker remotely as long as I, the physician, is in the in the lab. We can get it all done remotely, and remotely the pro device can be programmed also so these are the things you know we're looking more futuristically and doing and as the question you asked about is this a diagnostic device as, as of as of now once the, pa- the diagnosis is the implantation of the device and then we act upon the data the device gives us but uh, your okay. question actually is very well taken is uh, the companies, uh, Medtronic, Boston Scientific, you know Abbott, as well as Biotronic are looking at these devices because they become so sophisticated. Using artificial intelligence, is how can we diagnose heart failure? How can mm-hmm. we diagnose a heart attack? And they're looking at a lot more data now through these devices. And as the companies come out with data, we can integrate uh, the data management with them to make them diagnostic devices. But you know, technology—we can only keep up to technology. But all of these questions you're asking, everything. Is is coming in the next
0: two to five years Wow it's very exciting
1: oh um, yeah
0: and and just to just to be clear what's the status of of the CRM software is it you know do you have FDA uh, clearance or approval or is it you know is it on the market is this available
2: um, it's on the market we've been live with our applications since 2019 we currently have two customers running CRM as we speak we have many more in the pipeline. Um, the customers we target are hospitals with large practices. We also mm-hmm. go for physician groups with smaller practices as well. If a hospital, let's say, they want to keep their data locally, we have an on-premise solution for the smaller practices. We use AWS, which is HIPAA-compliant and secure, for those types of organizations as well. So we are on the market. We are currently looking at new customers and looking to sign up a lot of new clients in the next few months.
0: Wow, fantastic. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this episode of MedTech Matters. I'd like to thank my guests, Dr. Beatty and Cartan, uh, Ravi Kartan. my apologies, uh, for being guests on today's episode, and I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another episode. So until next time, this has been Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO. Thank, thanks for listening.
1: Thanks, Sean.
2: Thank you, Sean.